When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today, we are going to preview the week eight slate of games with my buddy, Fox Sports analyst, Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, how you doing? I am good, buddy. I am, um, I don't suffer from FOMO very often. Like, I don't really, like, miss out on things. But like Oregon UCLA this weekend, college game day in Eugene. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm upset. I'm not gonna be there. Like I'm, I'm a little bit. I got a little FOMO happening. Very in the week too for this game this weekend. So I'm excited to talk about everything, including that monster matchup out west. Yeah, man, uh, I'm excited about it too. As UCLA feels like the best team. Well, we'll see. We'll get to it. I don't want to we'll get find out. Ourselves. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about the big game for us well maybe for me right uh big noon kickoff columbus ohio iowa travels to ohio state to play the number two team in the country that is the ohio state buckeyes jeff uh do you give iowa any shot in this game well no but um the the one thing that that i have a question about iowa is this like you have a bye week right okay you you have good coaches i think right i mean ference did it for many years won, won a lot of games like, can you not have something on offense? Like, it's just something. Look, the New York Giants, not to bring the NFL in this, the New York Giants right now have an offense designed around a quarterback that they do not want to throw the ball on third and four plus, okay? With four wide receivers out, like no wide receivers at all, and an interior offensive line they don't trust. And yet they're five and one. Like, they have a competent offense, why can't Iowa do something, anything to have an offense? Like, what is going on here that you can't have any semblance of an offense ever? Now, you're off a of bye week. Can, can we give us something unique? Can we do something, Iowa, that is not just run the ball, run the ball, throw it on third and long? Like, you're not going to win this game. Iowa's, uh, your defense is good, is great. I get it. You'll limit maybe Ohio State a little bit, but they're going to get their 20 to 35 points. That's not a problem. It's like, what do I, what do I see from you guys? Like, you're in a bye week. Everyone's calling out your offense. Can I see something better this weekend, please? Well, probably not. Uh, because but why they're... not? Like RJ, like it's it's like something. Like something. Like come on, we we can't we can't run anyone run run any interesting plays. Like do anything different this week. We're going to run what we run, and we're going to play defense the way we play defense. That you have to. You, jam a, I, ice pick you in have my to face. take into account that Iowa, the fan base that is Iowa, would love to see an offense that can score and would probably like to see an offense that spreads it out and throws the ball around. That said, this is also a fan base that is no, no making no joke about Tory Taylor being their best player and only cheekily, just a small bit, taking the piss when we're talking about being the Heisman Trophy winner, the punter. That's who Iowa is. And Kirk Ferentz has been the head coach for the better part of 25 years now. His son, Brian Ferentz, is the offense coordinator. You can take what you will from that, but I will say that Brian Ferentz said, I'm just not going to quit. I'm going to continue to try to coach the team and to try to put us in a best position to play 
good offensive football, complimentary football is what they like to do at Iowa. But if you are going to give Ohio State a run for their money, you're going to have to ask your defense to come up with a Herculean effort against the best scoring offense in the country. Ohio State's averaging 48.8 points per game. Perspective on that is 2019 LSU averaged 48.4. Now, there's still six games left to play if you're Ohio State, but you get what I'm saying here. They have been outstanding. And I expect them to continue to do what they've been doing all year, which is cover the spread and go beat the – well, they didn't cover against Notre Dame. Go and well, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They did. You would tell me they did cover. It was eleven. No, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. They won by eleven. Yeah. yeah, it was like ten, right? Right. That's what yeah. I thought. Uh, but point there being, I I think every time that Iowa gets the ball, you're just gonna have to pretend that it's found money this year. Like if you score, you score, and that's great. Maybe your defense can hold together a three-zero lead against Ohio State, but not for very long, right? Maybe maybe that's two series. And then C.J. Stroud is going to go do what C.J. Stroud does. For me, this is more about Ohio State making a statement, right? Yeah. They they are one of the teams that people still say haven't played anybody, right? Their schedule, to many uh, thought, has been weak. We thought Notre Dame was going to really yeah. hold that part up through the first half, and they haven't been able to do that. So if you are Ohio State, you're going in this, you want to take care of business early. You want to treat this like you did the Michigan State game. You get out ahead, you get out early, and you put the throttle down, and you go on to next week. Yeah, no, and look, they're not playing anything, anyone. I mean, I sure, um, but the thing about it is they're still kicking everyone's butt. Like, I get that they might not play anybody, but they're not squeaking by. Like, they're blowing teams out. So, Iowa and then Penn State, I guess after that, we can stop saying, you know, their they're, they're training schedule isn't great. Well, I mean, people will continue to do that because of what Penn State wasn't able to do against Michigan, and you'll be measured by that. So, if you're the Buckeyes, just go win the game. It, it appears that I'm the only person that is going to rank Ohio State number one going into the college football playoff selection committee rankings on November 1st. But you can only do that if you keep winning. I expect them to keep winning. Next game on the schedule for you and I, UCLA, number nine UCLA, undefeated UCLA, at yeah. number 10 Oregon, who is undefeated in Pac-12 play. Uh, Jeff, do you expect your Ducks to upset the UCLA Bruins like, you know, you won this game, what, nine out of the last 10 years? I mean, we're favored by six and a half, so I don't know how much of an upset Well, according to the rankings, right? Um, according to the rankings. So a couple of things here. Um, two teams that are very similar, right? Mm. Veteran quarterbacks that are very efficient, that throw for a lot of yards per attempt, and great rushing attacks, right? Oregon and UCLA run the ball very well. They protect their quarterback. You know, defensively, um, you know, they can be prone to give up some big plays, but generally speaking, they're, they're, they rest the passer decently well. UCLA is better than Oregon. Uh, Oregon secondary is probably a little bit better than the Bruins. Um, you know, they've had some couple close calls, right? South Alabama, Washington State. Um, but the one thing I find interesting about Oregon, to talk about Oregon guys, is I know they play Georgia. I get it. I'm fine with that game. It happened. I'm fine with playing that game. But if they play like Georgia State instead of Georgia, We'd be like fourth in the country right now. And you'd be like, man, pretty good Oregon team, right? Scoring 50 points a game, giving about 22 points a game, like playing some good football. And instead it's like, well, I only lost to Georgia seven weeks ago. I think Oregon's pretty good. Like that's kind of my point um, is that they're playing good football. And if you look at their defensive numbers, especially look at, look at when they took the starters out up 38 to 10 against Stanford up 31, seven against BYU up 49-13 against Arizona. Like, a lot of these late scores, these points per drive and points per game are when backups are in. Like, it's been – they played really good football. 
They're very good against the run. I do worry about the play action pass against UCLA. I do worry about the corner opposite of, of Gonzalez, but they're a good football team. And Bo Nix, I, I was very frightful of Bo Nix. And he still has had some moments. Washington State, one bad pass. Georgia, couple bad passes. But otherwise, he's been really, really good. Um, uh, I'm curious to see kind of, I thought our staff got out coached against, or against Georgia. Georgia kind of everything opposite than what Dan Lanning expected. They have a week to prepare, extra week against Chip Kelly, who's coaching some fine football. So it's a really good job there at UCLA this year. You know, do we overthink the, the, the prep this week? We'll find out. And lastly, too, RJ, we've seen throughout this season and every season, it's hard for road teams to win. To win. It's hard, right? Look, look at last weekend. TCU came back, Utah came back, and Tennessee won with, with a knuckle puck there at the end. The Bruins have played five of their six games at home, and the one road game was at Colorado. This is going to be it's going to be a little different atmosphere Saturday in Eugene. So how do we handle the road game at Oregon? So I think Oregon wins this game. It's close, I think. I would take Utah to uh, UCLA to cover the six and a half. But I think Oregon is better, and they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win. I think UCLA is going to win this game, uh, and I think they're going to win it by a touchdown. Dorian Ooh. Thompson-Robinson is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. Full stop. Uh, sure. Back, okay. The, I'm fine with the, that. The better tailback is at UCLA in Zach Charbonnet. Uh, they're playing great defense. And to your point about Georgia State versus Georgia, no, UCLA is not a top four team. They survived a win against South Alabama. And people want to act as if that game did not happen because, frankly, nobody watched it because it was at the Rose Bowl where apparently Bruins fans just don't show up for anything. I watched the game. South Alabama should have beat them. That was a coaching Exactly. So but they are undefeated. And to your oh, analogy, no. To your knowledge about Georgia State and Georgia, right? They should be a top four team. Yeah. I don't. Well, they started much lower ranked. I mean, well, I, I, I would. I think. I think they're really good. Like, I think that. It, well, if they win this game, they have a, a, a definite spot. And you have a quality loss, and you know how the college football state playoff selection committee. Looks. I don't know. I don't know if anyone thinks it's a quality loss. <laughs> I think they just think we got our asses kicked. That's <laughs> more me digging at the uh, at the college football playoff selection committee that wants to act like you know. Well, that was a good team that beat them down, but this other team is undefeated. Point there being that also the big picture for me, UCLA needs to win this game for the Pac-12 to have an opportunity to get a college football playoff team Correct. without having to worry. If UCLA is undefeated as a Pac-12 champion, they're getting into the playoff. Oh, Oregon, yeah, being yeah. a one-loss no, Pac-12 champion, might not get in. So if yeah, you're a Pac-12 fan, right. you want UCLA to win this. If you're an Oregon fan, obviously, you want Oregon to win this. And frankly, you don't want to get embarrassed by UCLA in Eugene. I think there's a that, lot of pressure on that part. I, that part I don't think will happen. We might mm -hmm. lose, but I don't think we'll be embarrassed in, in, okay. in the process of, of the, I, I think, again, there are two very similar teams um, in this game. Yeah, you're right. Look, if UCLA wins this game, they're going to be favored all the way and probably through the USC game. Mm -hmm. um, and they would have to play either USC, Utah, Oregon again, in the Pac-12 title game. There's no divisions anymore. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're the best chance for a playoff team. Even though USC, they run the table twelve and one, they're probably in the playoff, right? If 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 Clemson has one loss, no. Well, uh, first, if Clemson has a loss, they're not making the playoff. You're also talking about an undefeated Texas Christian, right? In the Big Twelve, that you got to worry about. For, right? No, for now, yeah. Right. Well, uh, again, for now, right? That's what well, we're, I'm with we're you. dealing with for Agreed. now. Uh, Tennessee still got to play Georgia. One of those teams is going to catch an L. Alabama's already got the loss. They're probably going to beat Ole Miss, who's undefeated. Right, we'll get to them in a little bit, but I think that this game is going to really have some far-reaching college football playoff 
implications that go outside of the Pac-12. Also, uh, a really great, I believe, uh, two thirty game, which I'm fascinated by. I expect yeah, three thirty. Yeah, three thirty Eastern. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So again, it's a good time slot. It's a good ranked matchup. It's one of five on the calendar for us this weekend. The other one that I'm looking at that also has college football playoff implications that could go into the rest of the year, Kansas State, number 17, Kansas State, at number eight, Texas Christian. Yeah. Off the top, there's only one team in college football that has won four ranked matchups, and that's Tennessee. If Texas Christian beats Kansas State, they join them with not just four ranked wins, but four consecutive yeah. ranked wins. How do you see this one going, Jeff? So TCU is a really interesting uh, team right now because you kind of have the best of both worlds, right? You ended up with replacing Gary Patterson. So you have a defensive-minded coach who focuses a lot of attention on that, recruiting on that, right, building that team up that way with a very offensive-minded head coach in Sonny Dykes. So you get kind of like the offense this year much improved still with that defense a philosophy, right, like those guys on defense. And you, boom, you have this team right now that can do it all, right? Now, last week they allowed points, sure, but in the end they came back and won that game. Like, RJ, I, I, don't, I don't remember a time when you kind of had this perfect marriage of like the leftover of the defense adding in this this great offense. Like, it kind of is the perfect time for, for TCU right now. I think they, they, they do win this game for that reason. Like, they're just kind of this perfect little – this is the best defense Dykes – Dykes will have his entire time at TCU, right? Do you agree on that? He's not going to have a better defense than this year. No, I don't agree on that. Yeah. I think they're going to get better. Now, I, I'm with you in as far as I think Texas Chris is going to win the game, but a couple points to raise for Kansas State. One, Adrian Martinez is one of just two quarterbacks in the FBS who has not thrown an interception all year. This is guided through 30 in four years at Nebraska, so full credit to Colin Klein and what he has been able to do with Adrian Martinez and really making the quarterback run game a large part of what they do. They also have the only returning first-team All-American in the entire Big 12 Conference in Deuce Vaughn behind him, and they play pretty damn good defense. Now, for Texas Christian, you're right about Sonny Dykes and that offense. He was able to make Chandler Morris the starter, see that dude go down to injury, hand the keys to Max Duggan, and Max Duggan has not given them back. He's been playing outstanding football his relationship yeah. with Quentin Johnson has been outstanding too. Johnson, six foot four, a dude that can high jump like six, 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 seven. And I think it's going to end up in the Bolitnikoff Award conversation. He had 33 catches all of last year. He's already got 34 through six games this year. He's got over 500 yards receiving. He'll have a thousand yard year. But to your point about the defense and whether or not it'll get better, Joe Gillespie is the defensive coordinator at Texas Christian. Joe Gillespie was the defense coordinator at my alma mater, the University of Tulsa, for the last, you know, five years. He also developed Zayvon Collins into the best defensive player in football. He also developed Jackson Player into the one of the best noses in football. These are under-recruited players that he overdeveloped into NFL-caliber studs, uh, excuse me, studs. And we're talking about Zayvon Collins, we're talking about a first-round draft pick. Right. And Joe Gillespie's from Texas. He's from that area. He has a close relationship with Stephenville, where he's outstanding. I think they're going to be really good as long as Sonny Dykes and Joe Gillespie can continue to work together. And I don't see why they can't. Sonny takes care of the offense. Joe takes care of the defense. And Sonny gets to be the head coach. That is what I think you're talking about when you say this is a perfect union in a way that it couldn't have gone better for the program that is Texas Christian. So knowing all of that, I want to see how far they can take this because as far as I'm concerned, the Horn Frogs are playing with found money. Yeah, they're yeah, I, I'm with you. I agree. Um, 
And I think it's great for college football that we have different teams at the top of these conferences that we had in quite a few years, right? I mean, this is what we want, right? In college football, we want more parity. We've got Tennessee right now, right? We got TCU, got UCLA. Like, this is what people want, right, RJ? They want more parity, and we're seeing it happen right now. It's great. I think it's great for the sport. I, I would love the SEC to, to rethink scheduling Tennessee and, and Georgia to play Oklahoma. And I frankly well, love parity. I just like it better when Oklahoma is the best team in the country. But that's just me. That's just me. Y'all back. Uh, you scored a bunch of points this week, man. You were back. Golly, with a defensive coach. And it's just pulling my hair out. But at the same time, we're four and three. And I'm, I'll take that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, number 14, Syracuse at number five, Clemson. I think that Clemson is going to beat the brakes off of Syracuse. Yes. Uh, this is in Death Valley. I this think it's been like this is the correct. This is the correct assessment of this game. I, it just, it, look, the, the part that I, I get really upset about after what Syracuse was able to do against North Carolina State is people want to conveniently forget that North Carolina State played that game without Devin Leary. Yes. And Devin Leary is an NFL first-round caliber quarterback. He's got the tools, yeah. and you needed him to beat what I think is a decent to good Syracuse yeah. team. But it's Clemson, and it's in Death Valley, and DJ Uwe Ungalale has developed Playing into better. the kind of quarterback we can trust. Will yeah. Shipley has become the kind of bell cow back that I thought it could be, and frankly, Wes Goodwin has done an outstanding job with that defense after they lost Brent Venables. I just don't see this one as being closed yet. So this is kind of a classic college football game uh, in the essence of what you said. So it's hard when you have a team like Syracuse that is not used to being this good, essentially, right? Not used to winning some of these games. There's a lot of hype as there should be. There's a lot of attention there. You go to a place like Clemson that's used to winning, that doesn't give a shit you're six and oh, like that has better players and they're going to use this as motivation, right? They're six, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're coming here. Thinking they're winning. Like we see this all the time where the Syracuse team goes, to the Clemson team and gets their, gets their, their brakes beaten off. Like I'm with you, man. Like I've, I've been this way before as, as, as an Oregon team, we had USC coming to town. It was USC coming to town in 05. We were really good, but we're kind of a new team at being good. And we got our asses kicked by USC. Like it, it's just like, it's a different, and you learn from this, like, like, like the players of Syracuse will learn, like we learned in 2005, like how to play better in big games because we hadn't done it as a team and it helped us the next year and the year after that, I think. But like, there's a, there's a part of playing these games you're not used to as a player and Syracuse is not going to be used to this at all. They have no idea what this feels like to be six and zero ranked on the road against Clemson. So I'm with you here. Like this feels like an opportunity for Clemson to put a stamp on their season, obviously, to continue to show the good play and just kind of kick someone's ass who just talent wise isn't as good as them. I think they're also looking for their third ranked win of the season, uh, beating Wake Forest in a shootout. That was fun to watch. And obviously beating North Carolina state before that was in vogue and with a better, with their starting quarterback, I might add, but if you are Clemson, you want to take this opportunity to make a statement because you still aren't considered one of the four best teams in college football. Yeah. 
and you would like to be able to show everybody Syracuse's dead body as we're getting into the college football playoff selection rankings so that you can assure yourself a spot. Yeah. You run the table, win the ACC championship. But let me give this to Syracuse fans who might come at me and uh, by all means come at me. Sean Tucker's a dude. He's been a dude. He was a dude last year when they were sorry, but he's a dude, right? Yeah. And if you're looking at Garrett Schrader versus DJ Uyunglele, that's not a choice. No. You're going to pick DJ Uyunglele. And you're not going to pick a whole lot of other places where you expect Syracuse to win one-on-one yeah. -on -one matchups. Um, how much do you put into the when you're saying beat ranked opponents? Like, there's this line of thinking where it it doesn't matter like where they're ranked when they play, but at the end of the season, like I, to me, I'm with you. Where like, if you beat a ranked opponent when you beat them, they count as a ranked win, whether they're ranked now or not. I think that the rankings have to matter for the sake of when you play them. Now right. that gets tricky when you talk start talking about a team like Notre Dame, which you know obviously is not good and we thought was going to be one of the five best teams in the country but then they go beat up on a BYU team that we all think is good they're not as good as we once thought but they're good they're fine right it's the same thing with like Utah and USC right Utah taking that loss to Florida Utah taking that loss to UCLA yeah. they go beat up on USC or not even beat up they they win basically with a last uh 48 second stop yeah yeah Do you think that Utah is a good football team yeah how many ranked teams have they played well, then you got another question. You think USC is a good football team? Well, they got their first ranked matchup against Utah and they lost it. They lost, yeah. I think it has to matter that there's a number next to your name at the time that someone yeah. plays him because the pressure's there when you play. Agreed. If you expect North Notre Dame to be good, nobody would talk yeah. to you about that game being such a big deal at the time. RJ, be honest with me. There was a little bit of Oklahoma in you that was happy that USC lost, right? Like there was there was some Oklahoma fans no, a little man. bit. Uh, I did this segment on Sunday. Uh, yeah. I was pulling for Utah because Aaron Lowe and Ty Jordan were on the helmets. And the way oh, it was incredible. Those hand painted Utah helmets showed were... out for those dudes. Oh, yeah. You can't was, lose that game. It was, and I agreed. My, my, no, my Jordan Freud for, uh, for Lincoln Riley, I, I don't have any, I guess is the point. Like I was, I was shocked. I was stunned. I had my moment of being hurt in November, but that was November. He, he, he left. Other teams uh, do the same thing. Only thing I took away from that is, it can happen to anybody. You know, I thought Lincoln Riley was going to be there forever, like most other people. And I think people outside of Oklahoma thought that. But I'm not going to wish the guy a bad time or wish him to, to take a loss. If he's good, he's good. And I've been saying that from the jump. His record is such that you have to bet on him to be good. Won 55 games. He lost 10. And all of a sudden you think because he went to USC, he's going to be bad? Or oh, you no. want him to be bad? I don't know. Nah, I don't, I don't live over there. I would rather my team just be better. How about it's that? Basically, I mean, it is Oklahoma West. It's great offense and suspect defense. Like, the exact team I thought they would be. Well, no. okay, so the, to that point, I think that the way that they want to play football is interesting because uh, when we do the mailbag episode, Tyler Wojak, producer for this show and yeah. every show that is the number one college football show, makes this point that if you're running uh, an offense that scores a, scores quickly and scores a lot, you're going to put your defense back out there. Of course. So what's complimentary football look like when you do that? Well, it's predicated on your defense coming out full bore, getting tackles for loss, and forcing turnovers. So they're not out there very long, and they just give the ball back to the offense. Correct. You're not supposed to be out there for an extended amount of time. You're supposed to be out there and do your job, which is to stop the other team on the first series and get the ball back. But if that doesn't work in concert, it's going to be tough. And I think that's what you saw against Utah. And frankly, what USC is going to have to contend with the rest of the way is if your defense can't get off the field or Correct. your offense can't go stick the ball in, yeah, nothing works. But I think that's just football, right? 
Well, yeah, I mean, this specific brand they play, I mean, and this they talked about with this with Grinch, like you just, and that's why it wants to force turnovers, right? Because you're not going to get stops really otherwise. I mean, and you saw in the Utah game, not to go back to that game, they were just tired in the second half. Like they were on, you know, the altitude gets you playing there and they were exhausted because they couldn't, you know, their offense started three and out and it wasn't, uh, it just got tired and you let a tight end have their way with them. Which... You'd also throw in there that Dalton Kincaid had one of the great games by a Utah tight end, maybe ever. ever. He had one of the great games of a tight end ever in college history. Like it was, it was incredible. 16 for 234. But the, the point end. that I would also make is USC would say we did this without having Jordan Addison for the second half of the game and uh, without Eric Gentry. So we lost two studs I, for us, one well, on offense and one on defense. And we still had a chance to win this. We're a good football team. Uh, I, not. They're, I they're fascinating. Feel, I, I, I don't feel I don't feel terribly sorry for losing Jordan Addison and then replacing him with another five star wide receiver. Like that's, I get, I, I like I hope he's not obviously injured for a while. I'm not. I'm not. That's not my point. My point is like, oh, he's out. Okay, well, Mario Williams now becomes our number one, and then Taj Washington and Bryce and all these other guys become like, our, sorry USC. Now the Gentry injury is different because they don't have depth there, but like. It's just like, I don't, whatever, man. That's last week. Let's go back to this week. Dennis Simmons is going, I'm getting dunked on because I recruit well. Fine, whatever. I'll take that. Um, (laughs) Number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. This game also feels like it has uh, Big 12 implications in as far as, well, it does have Big 12 implications, Big 12 championship game implications because I can see either one of these teams getting into that game against, say, a Texas Christian. Um, or perhaps even playing each other, depending on yeah. how the rest of the season goes for TCU. But for me, this is going to come down to whose quarterback plays the best. Quinn yeah. Ewers is obviously a dude. He showed up a dude, and he's purported himself like one. Spencer Sanders has gone from an ugly moth to a very pretty butterfly. He's <laughs> playing good football. And yeah. when he's playing good football, they are in every game they play. Yeah. It was that simple for me going into the season. I said, if that dude doesn't put the ball on the carpet, and that dude doesn't throw the football to the teams not wearing his jersey, they're going to be fine. And that's been exactly what it is. This game is traditionally good, Oklahoma State versus Texas. But I'm leaning toward Texas for two reasons. I think that Ryan Watts has what it takes to take away a Brady Johnson, to take away a Brennan Presley, and to make them run the football. I also think that Quinn Ewers has Xavier Worthy and B. John Robinson, and and you don't. And that's... (laughs) Really comes down yeah. to Jimmy's and Joe's when we're talking about these two play, uh, these two teams playing each other. Yeah, this was interesting. So, like to me, you almost can't use last week uh, the, the the performance by Texas as like as an indication, in my opinion, of this week because I mean anyone could have seen that coming, right? You just beat Oklahoma, and you just you have te- you have Iowa State at home, and you just sleepwalk through the game and you win. Like any any person that follow has followed college football can. You completely see that, you know, being the case. The the question I have too is like, how's Oklahoma's mindset? Uh, is you Oklahoma State after that loss last week? I mean, like they were up 17 points right in that game, and all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, we lost that game. Now we're back home to play Texas. The a couple numbers that do worry me about Oklahoma State, and I'm I'm on Texas on this game too. Um, they allow a ton of explosive rushing plays, not gonna work against Texas. And they allow a ton of deep passes. Their air yards per pass attempt on defense is 130th in the country. Yeah, that ain't going to work either in this game against Quinn Ewers. So to me, the matchup lines up more with Texas. I think we'll see more of like 
the Texas we saw against Oklahoma and Alabama than less we saw against Iowa State. And to me, that was a classic, like, just like let down trap game. Um, and Oklahoma State now has to bounce back from a game they should have won. So the emotional side of things on Texas as well, plus the better players, I think Texas does win this game. I also want to throw uh, a tip of the cap to Iowa State, who's lost four games on a row by a combined 14 points. They're just a tough team. They're a tough team that just haven't had things go their way. 14-11 against Kansas. Uh, I think it's 24-21 against Texas. Kansas Iowa four. State is is not a trap game. It's just a tough game. And for Oklahoma yeah. State, your point is your point is valid. I thought it was interesting. Mike Gundy starts the week by saying, I'm not going to talk about injuries. And I'm going, okay, that's not a good look. Um, I I guess I'm worried about your depth now as you got to go play what is one of the toughest teams in football, if not one of the three toughest teams in your conference. So we're both on board saying Texas here, and we're expecting Quinn Ewers, B. John Robinson to have big games. Last game on the schedule for you and I, number 24, Mississippi State at number six, Alabama. So, Jeff, let me set it up this way. Doing the usual amount of research that I do before we do these sorts of shows. And I wouldn't look at Alabama's games after they take a regular season loss the last three years. 2019 LSU, they lose that game 46-41. They beat the breaks off of Mississippi State the next week 38-7. Last year, they lose to an unranked Texas A&M, their first unranked loss since 2007. And the next week, they stopped a mud hole in Mississippi, Mississippi State 49-9. So the moral of the story is, Get Alabama the week before they play Mississippi State and Mississippi State. I'm sorry, it's just your turn. Like that's that's how it yeah. seems to go every yeah. single year. Yeah. Um, but is Alabama as good as the two teams you just mentioned the previous years? Like I just Ooh. are Ooh. they? Uh no, but is I, Mississippi State better than the two teams? No, that I no, no, no. I'm, it's not really a, a pro okay. Mississippi State take. I'm okay. just saying that like, I just don't think Alabama's as good. You got to tell and, me Will Rogers is a better quarterback than Bryce Young? No, 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 no. My okay. point is All that right. All my, right. my point is that the last two years' results, I think, don't matter as much because Alabama is not as good this season. It does not mean they're not going to beat Mississippi State's breaks off, but they're just not as good this year, right? Like, they're just not, and it's okay to admit that they're just not as good. I mean, dude, not only they were allowing Tennessee to score, but like dudes were wide open. Like it wasn't like. And we never see that with 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 a Bama defense, right? Like we never see guys just like open uh, in, in the way that they were in this game. And look, Bryce Young it seems to be doing everything for this team. Like he and then that used to not be the case, right? It used to be where you know you have an offensive line, you run the ball, you play defense, and your quarterback is kind of complementary to what you do. But now Bryce Young is their team. Like he if, if he don't play well, they, they can't win. I think he'll play well this weekend. But my point is like what happened the last two years. Might matter a little bit, but this team is just different. And Mississippi State, it's just a bad matchup for them. Like, they're just – the style of offense they run with Alabama – like, you can't be one-dimensional against Nick Saban, right? And, and Mississippi State can run the ball, by the way. They choose not to, but they can. But this, the the one-dimensional stuff doesn't work against him. It just doesn't. And, and I think that's a problem Mike Leach has had against Nick Saban now for many years. I think there is an opening here, and you mentioned it when talking about Alabama's secondary against Tennessee. One of the things that people just didn't want to talk about is who was Jalen Hyatt lined up on when he went for six catches, uh, 207 yards. Five of those catches were TDs, okay? is either Josh Hellams, right, or it's uh, Malachi Moore, I believe, number 13. It's, it's Malachi Moore or Brian Branch. Either way, they saw a matchup, and they went to work on it. So if those two dudes are out there, 
and you can get them in man, and you know they're in man. Yeah. Line up your best wide receiver or your your speediest wide receiver and say, "Hey, man, it's goes and posts. It's goes and posts, and we will that, throw that, it all but day." Not, but that's not their offense, Mississippi's offense, though. That's the but issue. It is an air raid. I know, but and what does an air raid do? Don't throw a bunch of posts and goes. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it does. We got well, four verts in there. We got four verts in there. <laughs> to be fair, even Iowa has four verts in their offense. Well, uh, again, <laughs> do I did I get the matchup? Did, um, did I did I motion sure, you into the sure. matchup that I want? That's um, an air raid. It, fair, fair enough. Um, <laughs> four verts is like the best play of all time, by the way. I love four verts. Uh, it's a great play. Um, it, it yes, they 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 can do that, but I I do wonder too if. You know, the Alabama defensive performance is a little bit skewed because Tennessee does very unique things on offense. It makes it tough, right? Like, you have to choose if you're playing Tennessee, are you stopping the run or the pass? Because you can't kind of be in the middle. The way that they spread everything out, their ability to do run and pass equally well. I just think this Mississippi State team is just built differently. So, Alabama, I think secondary wise, they've been able to rush three against them, sit back in coverage, and just make life pretty bad for this air raid offense. I think they'll do this. They're not going to be much man coverage, put it like that. I think you're making a great point about being able to run the football and not being able to, but also just running the football, making people bring at least uh, seven into the box, right? As opposed even, to- Even just six, even just like six in this game. Like, right, right. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that would change the look. And that also clears it up for Will Rogers because the air raid is susceptible to you just dropping eight and we're just going to play zone. And if you can't run by us, everything's in front of us. Now- there's ways to do this, right? Smash is another concept does a lot does a lot of work here for you. Mesh is a concept that does a lot of work for you here. But you also you just you need the matchups. And if you're not going to get the matchup, you're going to have a hard time because they're yeah. really good with Jordan Battle in the middle of the field. They're really good at linebacker and they're outstanding on the defensive line. So one of the things that nobody talked about with Tennessee, I thought, is Alabama couldn't get to Hendon Hooker. Like that, that was really jarring for me to see. Yeah. I expected him to be running for his life and he wasn't, he was just back there operating. It was Bryce young who was running for his life. And if you could do that defensively and you are Mississippi state, you also give your chance yourself a chance to win this game. But yep. you and I are both going to pick Alabama to win this, right? This is in Tuscaloosa, yes. by the way. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just straight up picking, right? Like we're not going to spread. Yes. Right. Alabama right. will win this game. Yes. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the number one college football show. My thanks to you, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Analyst, man. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Go Ducks. I'm remember what you said on Saturday. I'm going to text you when Oregon wins that game. I'll remember what you said. And I will respond. <laughs> we'll probably talk about it next week when we talk about week nine slate of games. My thanks to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Uh, that's Chaz, who's directing for us tonight. Rachel Cohn is our lead of screening. Davion Duncan is our social media maven. I'm the host. We'll talk to y'all, well, Saturday. Deuces.